The Radio Friends with Paul Pepper podcast is supported on KBIA by Moberly Regional Medical Center. From the flu to more serious health issues, the ER team at Moberly Regional has the knowledge and care to handle all types of injuries and illnesses. When you have an emergency, don't delay. Trust the ER team at Moberly Regional Medical Center at 1515 Union Avenue and at MoberlyHospital.com. Moberly Regional Medical Center. And welcome to Radio Friends. It's Friday, July the 18th. We're halfway through the month. Halfway. Halfway Ooh. through the month of July. Larry Brown is with us. Good, Good morning. Have you here. I like having you on Friday uh, because you've always got stories or songs to share with us. Of course. Yeah. But today, you have a story about a monster? Well, yeah. True story. Uh, and not just a monster, but a Missouri monster? Yes. All right. Yes. But did you know there were and monsters? And this is a true story. Yeah, well, yes. Okay, Every, all right. So here's Larry Brown with a true story about a Missouri monster. Well, of course, that was my lead question. Did you know there were monsters in Missouri? Well, in 1836, Albert Koch, who was from Saxony, um, moved to St. Louis and put up a museum in downtown St. Louis, right on Main Street. And it had the wonders of the world. For 25 cents, you could see everything from classical European art, uh, ancient Chinese art, to, well, to things that might better be placed there by P.T. Barnum or Ripley's Believe It or Not. But his most impressive display was what he originally called the Missourium, and later it became popularly known as the Missouri Leviathan. He had assembled bones that he had dug up into a creature he believed existed that was about three times the size of an elephant. And uh, it had huge um, uh, ivory, what he thought were horns, that went out to the side. It weighed altogether, his assemblage, of about 1,300 pounds. He had become fascinated by stories of ancient bones that were dug up, Uh, earlier in Kentucky, but in 1838, he went to the Burbose River, which is today Gascony County, where they were digging up these old bones. He then went to uh, uh, what was called Sulphur Springs at that time. Now it's called the Kimswick Bone Site, just south of St. Louis. And then in 1840, he went out to where he heard there were bones on the Pomme de Terre River. Uh, pretty much at the junction of the Palme de Terre and the Osage. And he spent three months there on the Brashears farm. Uh, today, that would be uh, right at the, at the northern edge of Hickory County line. And there he dug up bones, which he uh, assembled and put together this skeleton. Now, we know later that he'd added some other bones. In fact, there were some bones of a giant ground sloth, and he had the horns were actually the, were, were tusks. And he'd had a skull that he had gotten at the Kimswick bone bed, but he had constructed this skeleton. It was on display in uh, St. Louis uh, for a while. Then he sold the museum, but took his bones on the road. He took them to, uh, to New Orleans, to Louisville, to Philadelphia, and eventually to Europe. And by 1843, he'd sold his skeleton to the British Museum. Well, there some scientists, paleontologists, reassembled it and found that there were bones that didn't belong. And, and of course, what they had was a mastodon, uh, a mammoth Americanum, uh, or the American mastodon. Mastodon means knobby tooth. 
And so these were creatures that lived about 25,000 years ago. Now, Albert Koch was controversial in his time because he said that he found in the site on the Palm de Terre River uh, evidence of human occupation. So he said human beings and uh, these giant monsters uh, were alive at the same time. Now, no one believed that, and it actually was not proved until 1970 in the Kimswick bone bed, which is now Mastodon State Park, that they found Clovis points there. And so we know that human beings and Mastodon did coexist at the same time. Well, I need a little bit of backstory. These Mastodon bones were first found in the 1730s by the French in Kentucky at a place later known as Big Bone Lick. And there were stories about these bones being found out. In fact, there was a legend that Alfred Koch himself uh, sort of put to the surface that there'd been these giant monsters and there was a battleground and so on. Well, later we found out he made up that story from scant evidence and a little bit of a Delaware uh, Indian tale. But the rumors of the big bones were out there. Uh, in fact, Thomas Jefferson uh, believed that these creatures, beginning to be identified now as perhaps a relative of an elephant, uh, had not gone extinct, but were actually still uh, alive out west. And one of the reasons, among you know hundreds of reasons, that he sent Lewis and Clark out there was to find one of them. Well, Clark himself was fascinated by the evidence of the bones. Uh, in 1807, uh, Clark had been talking with his good friend uh, Pierre Chouteau, uh, and Chouteau had been with the French uh, paleontologist who had been at Big Bone Lick in Kentucky, who had come out to Missouri and had gone to the Pomme de Terre site and had found bones there, where Alfred Koch later would excavate. So Clark had himself a mastodon tooth, which wound up being in his home for a while, later wound up in a, in a Paris museum. So there was fascination about it, but it was the 1840s when Albert Koch established his museum that started pretty much today what we would call a bone rush. People were out there scavenging and hunting. Now, I need to finish the story by saying it was in the 1960s and 70s that the University of Missouri went to the Palme de Terre site uh, and did excavation just before Truman Dam and Lake was built, and they knew the area would be flooded, and they found some seven different springs, which probably had been ancient bogs, and found Pleistocene remains, uh, mastodons, uh, there in that site. And uh, well later that site is flooded. But if you want to go today to the visitor center at Truman Dam, you will see in the rotunda a huge display, a picture there of that site, and some uh, uh, display there of some of the bones that they dug up which is evidence today that there were indeed big bones on the Palme de Terre. All right. That's a good story. That's a good story. And it is a true story. Absolutely. The fact that the university got involved with it. Well, too. I wanted to say thanks to uh, Ray Wood mm -hmm. and Bruce McMillan, who were some of the original folks who did that work, and their papers and their result gave me the information to, yeah. to tell this brief story about that, a long that's history. That's pretty interesting, Larry. Thank you so much. Oh, Larry Brown. Uh, people want uh, your stories if they'd like to take them home. They can get them on CD or DVD. Or DVD, yes, by how looking go, go at www.brownstory.com. Or you can contact me at brownstory at hotmail.com. Okay, and you'll come and do stories for them. You'll tell spooky stories around the campfire, whatever. S stories made to order. 
<laughs> All right. Larry Brown, always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Okay. Monday, we're going to find out about the Youth Empowerment Zone with Lorenzo Lawson. Our program, directed by Travis McMillan of the Reynolds Journalism Institute. Audio is Pat Akers from KBIA. Our floor director is Lowell Thomas, and our assistant producer and guest coordinator, Uncle James Mauser. If you'd like to hear this again or watch it, go to kbia.org. Click on Radio Friends, sign up for a free vodcast or a podcast. Bye-bye.